Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And now, KC Johnson. Kobe White, pull up three, over Karis LeVert, and nails it. Insider for NBC Sports Chicago. Give me Covering everything from the dynasty to DeMar. KC Johnson. I've covered the NBA for a long time. With Mully and Haw. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 6 7 of the score. KC Johnson joins us now on the Signature Bank Score Hotline. Signature Bank making commercial banking personal. KC, good morning. How are you? Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? Good. So, I, I mean, listen, I know it was a uh, a work trip, but uh, just curious, how was your time in uh, in Paris? Yeah, I mean, you guys know how those international trips are. Um, you, you're very lucky to be sent there, so you got to take advantage. So, uh, work hard, play hard, sleep optional. That that was the uh, that was the approach. <laughs> Uh, and, and, uh, the approach was executed flawlessly. Uh, so a lot of work, a lot of fun, spectacular city. Uh, thankful I got the opportunity to be there. Thank you very much for the Eiffel Tower, the mini Eiffel Tower that you brought into the studio that's sitting right next to me, <laughs> as you can see on the Twitch stream. I, I imagine that's from you, Casey. Is that correct? You, you brought it back? Yeah, it lights up. It was like a Euro, I think. You know, they, I'm sure it's going to last a long time. Yeah, <laughs> I hope they can you guys. <laughs> oh, it's great. And, uh, and, and, you know, it was super cool to see, like, Joe Keem and his element and and you went to a Roland Garros to to watch him play. That's pretty cool. That I thought I saw Theo Cephalosha was there, and I thought, God, I haven't seen that guy in a while. That's you know, if ever there was an a, you know an international man, it would be him. Yeah, I mean the event itself, I mean, was spectacular. You mentioned the the Roland Garros uh, event that was the night before. I, I couldn't miss that opportunity to see. Joaquin playing basketball on the red clay where his father once won the French Open. So that was a pretty bucketless moment for, for me in my career. Um, and then, you know, the night of the game, I mean, you mentioned Cephalosha, but they were trotting out, you know, luminary after luminary, Magic Johnson, Adam Silver, uh, Luol Deng, uh, you know, Tony Parker. It was, it was pretty cool just uh, how w- warmly it was received. And it's, it's, it's really interesting also to just see how the game is received in an international market in, in a live setting because, you really do kind of break out of the normal routine and understand that the NBA is a, is a, is a special elite league that we get to watch on a nightly basis. And these people only get to see it, you know, once uh, in, in decades. So um, they were very appreciative, very loud, very boisterous. So that, that was a pretty cool element to it as well. So Casey, the Bulls win in Paris. They come back and I think the days off helped them prepare for last night. They hold on against the Hawks and that's great. Tonight might be when you start to see maybe the effects of having uh, a European vacation or work vacation, if you will. And I wonder if tonight is when 
you expect of all four games and six nights stretch, tonight might be the toughest one to muster the energy, to see the bounce back. Is tonight going to be uh, a challenge the Bulls can overcome? Yeah, and it is a good Pacers team. Obviously, they're without Halliburton, which which will help. Um, and it is a shorter road trip. Just the mental component to it is, you know, made up a big line of our questioning of late because, you know, here you come off of an international trip. You get a couple, you know, get the blood flowing, get the sleep-regulated practices over the weekend at Advocate Center. You take care of business last night. But then you're packing again to go on a three-game trip. I mean, that's just got to have a mental strain to it. You, you can roll your eyes at it, you know, maybe a little bit if you're not in the NBA, but, but trust me, that, that, that is a, that is a difficult thing to do. So it is a test tonight. And, you know, one thing that you've heard Billy Donovan talk consistently about is this team, you know, needing to play with more consistency. And I thought uh, an encouraging element to last night's victory was they shot incredibly poorly to start that game, but it, they didn't really let it uh, impact their defensive effort. They, they, that they didn't let it bleed to that end. And, and then their offense came around and they were able to, to pull out that victory. So um, you, you like to see a consistent response tonight because, you know, this schedule presents an opportunity. You've got, uh, like I said, Halliburton out tonight, and then you've got two teams uh, for the rest of the trip in Charlotte and Orlando that are on paper, you know, teams that you can beat. So you've got an opportunity to go above 500 here if you take care of business. And that's a big deal for them because it hasn't been that way in a very long time. And, you know, they're, they, it feels like they're heading in the right direction. And, and, again, beating teams you're supposed to beat is a pretty big deal. And maybe if Patrick Williams now has discovered his game, I, and I, I, I said to David, I thought he played great in the fourth quarter. It, it, what do you have, nine points, five rebounds, I believe, uh, is, is the final tally. We saw him with a double-double for the first time this year. He hasn't had 10 rebounds all year, so it was good. And you, you wrote that uh, that Billy was on him about that. So, you know, really good performance by Patrick Williams. Yeah, and, and you know, scoring we talked about, there's just not going to be a lot of opportunities for him if he remains in that starting lineup. He's the fourth option. Um, but he has hit double figures in four straight games in five of his last six. But beyond that, you mentioned the the rebounding, Molly. And, you know, he has the physical tools to be an elite rebounder. He's got incredible jumping ability. He's physical. Um, he's got that springiness where he doesn't need a lot of gather to, to you know, hit the, hit the floor and get up high and, and do it uh, in succession. He's got the ability to, you know, jump quickly twice. So he's averaging 4.1 rebounds and that's just too low for a starting power forward in year three. And um, you mentioned the double, double, it is his first of the season, only the fifth of his career. Um, and Billy Donovan said, you know, I, I want to see that consistently. I, I want to see you become a double digit rebounder. And, you know, he, yeah, that doesn't mean you're going to get 10 every night, but uh, what it means is that you can do it more often than, than what you've done. And, it just comes down to aggressiveness and just wherewithal and, and knowing where the ball is and that kind of stuff. So we'll see how Patrick takes it. He, you know, he, he always is very coachable. He accepted the challenge. Um, but I'd like to see that those, those rebounder, rebounding numbers go up. You know, I think the double-double for Patrick Williams stood out. But I think also the defensive overall performance from Alex Caruso did as well. It, it, it's, 
you know, it, one of those things maybe you start to take for granted. This guy is always locked in. He's always intense. But last night, I think that he just reminded us, if that's the right word, or just confirmed everything we thought we knew about him. He, at times, KC, seemed to dominate that game defensively. That's perfectly spot on. I mean, an elite defensive game. It was funny because I, I talked to him at shoot-around, and I wrote a story off of him after shoot-around that was focused on how Billy Donovan, as far back uh, as training camp, made it clear that a, a major focal point of this season was keeping him on the floor more often and healthier. You know, obviously you can't control flagrant fouls like the one that Grayson Allen delivered last season, but he only played 41 games last season. He's up to 40 already this season. He's playing four minutes fewer per game. And the plan is working because you need him on that court. He leads the NBA in deflections for 36 minutes. He's second overall in total deflections. And, you know, he's part of basically every positive net rating unit that the Bulls put on the floor. I mean, he just, he obviously always has impacted the game beyond box scores. He had some threes last night. He's shooting 39% from three, um, scored 12 points. But offense is never going to be his calling card. You nailed it. There was that one stretch where he just basically stole Trey Young's soul. I mean, the guy was everywhere. It's hard to overstate how well defensively he played last night. Um, DeMar DeRozan hit his 1,000th career game. Uh, we were talking about that a little bit this morning. That That is extraordinary. And, and as you pointed out, um, in an era now where there is, you know, uh, injury management, time management, he is, he kind of stands as a, as an unbelievable example. And, you know, part of that may be that he played, and, and I said this before, I don't mean it negatively, but he, he played in Canada and in San Antonio. It's almost like not the most, like he never really got the credit he deserved. Um, I mean, everyone knew he was a good player, but I think that coming to Chicago has helped him in his career and it's helped the way people view him. Right, and obviously the, the, the level that he's playing at, which has been, been yeah. at, an elite, at an elite level all NBA last year, will be in that conversation again this year. You know, it's funny because some people, you know, the, uh, he's the 151st player to play in 1,000 regular season games, so some people are kind of downplaying that. And I get it. I just personally love that kind of stuff. I've always been into uh, those kind of milestones because I love durability. I love longevity. I love double-digit NBA careers. So it was funny, guys. You know, we, we get these opportunities on the road to get a little bit more private access and, and have more one-on-one. So I, I went back to him as far back as early December. I, I remember distinctly where we were. We were at a shoot-around in San Francisco the morning of the Warriors game. He was at 978 games there, and I just figured I'd, you know, you guys know how this business works. You, you do the interview, you, you stockpile it. So I went up to him, and I was like, hey, man, you're approaching 1,000 games. And he's like, for real? He, he, he didn't even – he didn't even, He was like – you know, because the guy's always just focused on, like, the game. And it and it, and it just it, – it morphed into this fascinating conversation about the load management era. And he's like, hey, man, when I, when I came into the league, if you were hurt and you didn't practice or play, someone took your job. So he's like, uh, that's just the mentality I've always had, plus I love to play. So, you know, it's it's always great to talk to him about something that has meaning because he really understands that moment and gives you a pretty in-depth conversation. Um, so, 
I, I thought it was a neat milestone. I thought the Bulls did a nice job with a video tribute. And, and the, the fans gave a standing ovation, which was fantastic, too. So DeMar was kind of smiling through it all. I asked him about that afterward. He said he just he, he just thinks it's funny because he feels like he's getting old and all these milestones are piling up. He hit 20,000 points <laughs> earlier in the season. So he just couldn't help himself but stifling a smile. Um, but he was clearly uh, you know touched by the moment, so that was cool. Casey, big week for the Bulls. are still under 500, and two weeks from Thursday is a trade deadline. And you saw some movement yesterday. The Lakers, they get rid of Kendrick Nunn. Hachimura comes back to them from the Wizards. And I wondered, number one, will that spark more activity, do you think? And secondly, where are the Bulls in their thought process? Are they going week to week, and where are we now? And Or are they uh, actively pursuing some possibilities uh, that might make them better? Well, like all teams, they're talking. I mean, that's what teams do at this time of year. As to your question about whether that will open the floodgates, I mean, this is historically when you start to see maybe one trade, um, you know, opening a flurry. Or, or, But it's in general, this is from here to the deadline is when activity starts to happen because you start having teams recognizing, all right, we want to be a buyer or we need to be a seller. That That's, that's the decision-making process that teams um, – are starting to to conclude at this point. Um, I can just tell you, you know, obviously you don't get much uh, from the Bulls themselves, but just in talking to teams or executives I know from around the league, I've been given no indication that the Bulls are in sell mode. You know, obviously that can change between now and the deadline, or if the right move comes along, that thinking can change. But that's the that's the impression around the league right now is that the Bulls are not in sell mode. And I've said all along, you know, this call to blow it up. I just don't see that happening. I mean, that's what Arturis did to assemble this roster. He said many times he wants to see this roster together. It is pretty much healthy now, except for obviously Javante Green and and the big one in in Lonzo. Um, So, you know, I I think they'll be listening. I think if the right move comes along, this management team has shown the capacity to get aggressive in a hurry. Um, but I personally do not see a major move of one of the big three between now and the deadline. Well, that's good. Uh, I, I mean, I, you know, I got to tell you, it, it's so much more fun if they if they just go on kind of a Boston Celtics type role, as uh, <laughs> David said last week, I, and that would be that would be absolutely wonderful to see. I don't know that they got it in them, but I think that they're. They're better than some of these teams, Casey, and it's been frustrating the way they've been able to beat some good teams and then losing to bad teams, and that's that's something to keep an eye on moving forward here, right? If if they're getting over five hundred, they need to they'll need to just start beating teams that they're better than. Yeah, and, and I think that has always fueled the belief within the locker room that I've written about many times. I've talked about with you guys many times because they have had that success against the elite teams, there is a strong belief within that locker room that this team can be a very good team. And you just need to see it on a more consistent basis. It's cliche, but it's true. I mean, you've had those letdowns, the Houston loss, the Orlando loss. I can go on and on, you know. So you're almost like bracing for the next one, but maybe this team will surprise us and has, has actually turned a corner. They have top 10 offensive and defensive ratings since that Minnesota debacle in mid-December. That's not not insignificant. So, um, you know, I think if they stay healthy and uh, stay intact, uh, you know, they're not a championship team in my estimation, but they certainly have the ability to do some damage if they can get to that playoff picture. So 
when you watch this team, because they have really yet to pick a lane, as you point out, it's it, they're flirting with 500. There are examples like the Celtics that they could take off, and there are a lot of veterans, and you have a coach that's respected in Billy Donovan. What kind of cues are you looking for over the next couple of weeks, Casey? Do you and, and what have you found in the previous couple, as we talk to you on a regular basis, but we always talk about a coach and his ability to reach players and whether or not they start to tune him out. We've talked about this before, but where are you at in terms of where this team is headed based on the direction Billy Donovan provides? You know, I, I mean, there's been so many moments this season where you feel like they've turned that corner that I was just talking about, and then they just come up with a deflating loss. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I'm bracing for that deflating loss that's coming. Uh, I've just seen it happen too many times. Maybe maybe I'll be surprised. As far as Billy Donovan, um, you know, this is a veteran-laden team. He's a veteran-favored um, coach. He's a player's coach. There's a lot of trust you know, that Billy is giving the right direction and a lot of freedom for the veterans to play how they want to play. So I don't think there's a Billy issue at all. I don't think there's a Billy, um, you know, story here. I, I just think it's a, it's a team that needs to play with urgency every night because, you know, when they don't, we've seen what can happen. And they've been doing that more often than not lately. Um, again, we're not throwing victory parades for a, you know, uh, whatever it is, 13 and six stretch since, since the Minnesota game, but they, they have played better. It's undeniable. So again, this week is a huge opportunity to meet because you can prove that these lulls are behind you by going three and one, four and oh, what have you. Um, the opportunity is there. So big game tonight. Uh, I'll be in Indiana and, and looking forward to covering it. Great stuff, KC. Thank you, buddy. Great catching up with you. Really appreciate it. Thanks, KC. All right, guys. Good talking to you. Take care, man. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.